Hey there, it's Ron. On top of our regular monthly shows, we are excited to announce that for the very first time, The Narrators is going international, visiting Mexico for a very special show at the Huerto Community Space in Tijuana. This will also be our first bilingual show with folks telling stories on the theme, making it last in the language that they prefer. Please check our Facebook page for more details and be sure to keep an ear out for stories from that evening on future episodes of the podcast. Next storyteller. All right, next storyteller. Next storyteller. Our next storyteller. Welcome to the Narrators Podcast. This podcast collects stories that were told at the Narrators, a monthly storytelling event that features people telling true stories based on a theme. Today's story comes from our recent all-refugee special in Denver. Karak Miakol, a women's rights activist and founder of Women Who Grow, shares her story about fighting for an education as a young girl in South Sudan. The story was recorded live on May 31st, 2017 at Bumpport Theater in Denver, Colorado. The theme of the evening was home. It's not easy to hug a white man. But I did it. I did it. Um. <laughs> it's different, isn't it? <laughs> so, um, I'm so grateful to be with you and share with you my little story. And my first speaker, she reminded me about the scorpion. So I love to play in the moon. It's like, like this in my country. It's dark, beautiful. We wait for the moon to come, and we start playing. But we live with, with the scorpions everywhere, and they become my friends. And one day, my mom said, today, no play, no play because it's not secure. And I said, OK, I will wait for her. So she went to sleep, and I heard her snoring. And then I stepped out from my bed. And then I, I did the first step down. was good. The, the second one, I stepped right on the scorpion. And then, yeah! And then she wake up, and she said, I know it. I know you will do it. So <laughs> instead of helping me, she started beating me. <laughs> So scorpion are my friend because I become immune to it. We can sleep and nothing. So I love scorpion. <laughs> uh, so I was born in a small village in Liri, Nuba Mountain, which is the south, the, the south of current Sudan, because South Sudan became a country, which my beloved village is in the north of South Sudan. And the village which I call home today, I can't I can replace it with anywhere around the world. I was blessed moving around the world, but there is no village like mine. It's really a home because that's where my childhood started. And I call it home because that's where I, I, I opened my eyes and knew everything around me. And I thought that is the old the end of the world. That is my world. <laughs> yeah, but the war came and dig me out from my beautiful uh, village, and I become displaced. 
IDPs and I live in the IDPs, which is internal displaced person, is another calm within your country. You live there, and when you live there, you don't have peace, you don't have happiness, like opposite from where I was born and, and raised. It's so sad, and like this, the speaker said, we don't wish anyone or any child should go through that. I would not go through that because I, I know you guys, you are tired. And <laughs> so today I'm going to talk about how it is difficult. You can imagine an African woman or African girl to go to the school or to live her life because in Africa, women are nothing. Women or girl born to bring wealth to her family. She will, she, will she will be born as a human, but they are using you as a tools. You grow up in 13 years, you're already married to somebody who's 70 years because of cows or wealth. That's our duty, and that's who we are, we African women or girls. But I, I, I have a question. Did any one of you change the impossible to possible? If not, follow me, how I did it. Like, just when I hugged the white man. <laughs> so it, for a girl to go to school in Africa is a taboo. It's against the customary law. It's against the culture which we obey the most as women. And there is a school next to my house, and there is a neighbor who came from Egypt with her mom. She's my age. She go to the school. That was 1986. I was nine years old, and I, I'm not going to the school. I don't know anything about the school. I woke up because I'm the oldest child. I woke up for a morning and do the duties of the oldest child, being a girl, taking the cows to the grazing, taking the goats to drink water, bring home, come back with the firewood, fresh water, that is, and take care of my other sibling, including my younger brother, whom he was only one year, and my mom used me as her assistant. So my role was so loud and clear in the family, and nobody will allow me to go anywhere. So I have to do something. What is that something? I want to go to the school. Nowhere. My mom said, don't say it anymore. I will cut your neck. I said, okay. So she go in the morning to cook in some people's houses. And I say to my friend, I want to go to the school with you. She said, they will never accept you unless you come with your parents. I say, parents? Nobody will take me. I want to go. So I wait for my mom. She left in the morning about 8 a.m. And I made my brother, he was one year old, to sleep. I tapped his eyes quickly. And the boy went sleeping. <laughs> and I, I put him down on the ground because I don't want to put him on the bed. He will fall down later. So I put him down. I locked the room. And I ran to the school. I thought I would come very soon before my mom could come, but the school was so sweet. Everything was so beautiful to me, and I, I forgot my brother. 
poor brother. He cried and crawled. He finished the cry until the neighbor came and rescued him. My mom came and got her son in the neighborhood. <laughs> then I remembered, wow, it is noon. The sun is in the middle. I need to go home. My mom is home. And I start running. Dig, 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 dig. In the middle, I remembered how difficult my mom, how tough she is. She's really going to cut my throat today. So I better don't go direct to, to the house. So I went indirect, indirect. But still, <laughs> when I reached home, she beat me. And she said, if you repeat it again, you are a criminal. You want to kill my son. I will cut your neck before you kill him. I said, okay. Then I start cleaning and do everything I should do. And I wait her again. In the morning, I did the same. The same thing. <laughs> the school was so sweet. I cannot stand it. So now, coming home become a difficult one. Now, this time... No, 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 no. I have to wait for my father because my father, he loved me so much. So I, I, the school finished about two, but I did a long journey so that I could come home late. <laughs> and when I came home late, still the light is there. Then I, we have a big tree. We call it a neem tree. It's a big tree where we used to play. Then I climbed that tree. And I sat there on top of the tree watching everybody and hearing what she say about me. <laughs> but because I was tired, exhausted, and hungry, I slept. And then what happened? I fell too from the tree, inviting my mom <laughs> to come. Now, my father was there. And she started, she wanted to beat me and he stopped her. And he said, what can we do to somebody like this? We need to let her go to the school. So she said no. And, but about 4 a.m., I heard them talking about me. And then I woke up and I said, and they said, my father concluded that he is going to get one of my cousins to come and help her. And take care of the goats in case of, in order for me to go to the school because he lo I love the school and she beat me twice and I never listened to her. So he was happy for me to go to the school. <laughs> Yay! I said. So in the morning, I made everything good, 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 good at home. Everything my mom need, but she don't see it. She will go... She would go, that I would never do it, do anything with the school. Nobody did it. It's a taboo. That's her language. Nobody did it. No girls go to the school. How people are going to talk about her? She's not a good one. So I, I never had that. I didn't hear. I just want to go to the school. So I went to the school. And the teacher was so happy about me. And she came to my family and said, you guys don't pay any money. We love her, and she's doing good. So that's how I went to the school and changed the impossible to be possible. For the African girl to fight for education is not easy. But my dad helped me a lot. Again, the war came in, 
and destroy all my happiness. We were displaced and we, I live in a refugee camp for more than 17 years. And again, when I say change with me the impossible to possible, it is because of four items or four words. Um, I have them here. So find my own passion. So I find my own passion. I was happy to go to the school. I insisted to go to the school no matter what. No matter my tough mother kill me, I want to go to the school. And second, never hold back. I never hold myself. I went to the school. She beat me. I went again to the school. I never listened to her. The third one, help others. What did I did with my education? Now they are happy. The same woman, which is my mother, who was against me, she's the proud one about my education. <laughs> and helping others, like as you had founding this organization without education, I wouldn't do that. So it become a key of helping 15,000, more than 15,000 women to stand on their feet and know their right, changing the impossible to possible. Men were like, nah, you brought the Western culture. We don't love you. Will you go back to where you get the culture? <laughs> you are turning our women to be uh, rebels. <laughs> I'm not a rebel. <laughs> so, thank you. I love that when people <laughs> clap for me. It made me energetic. So, <laughs> so the last thing, dream big. I am dreaming big. I brought that organization here in the United States. Why not? United States is my adopted country, even though I feel my home is Nuba Mountain where I was born. Still, I love this country because I have peace, the same peace when I was a child, I have it here. I have respect, I have opportunity to help others. Home means to me where you feel good, where you have peace with others. But if I, feel, I, may, I meet people who don't love us as refugees, we are very beautiful people. We are remarkable people. We came with the knowledge. We are going to help this country to be great again. I'm not a politician. I'm sorry. I'm not a politician. <laughs> but that is how you put people in their seat with the logic. When I was working with women in Africa, men will come and say, you should get out of here because these women, we bought them with 100 cows, not marry them, bought them. Look at that language. And women are, yes, we were bought. Not you are not bought. So we are changing. Changing the impossible to be possible is not easy. It, we, it is with a lot of sacrifice. Talking to you now, my children are not with me. I never saw their faces for two years and a half. It's a sacrifice because if I stay in my country, they will kill me. But I told my children, my children in total, they are 15. Adopted 10 
and five biological. Then I told them, listen, hey, you crazy? Listen to me. Look at the other children. Do they have their mothers? They say no. Their mothers died. But I am alive on Earth. We are in the same planet in America, only far away. Okay? So we will meet again. So I know one day I will see my kids again. And I'm so happy to be here because I am safe. And thank you for having me tonight. And this is the beginning. Let us change the impossible to be possible. Thank you so much. Let's get me a call. I feel the same way about hugging me. True. The Narrators is produced by Robert Rutherford, Mary Robertson, Aaron Rollman, and me, Ron Doyle. Our assistant producer is Sydney Crane. Our theme music is by Whalehawk. And our founder and executive producer is Andrew Orvidal. A very special thanks to our amazing sponsors, Illegal Pete's, Sexy Pizza, From the Hip Photo, and Renegade Brewing Company. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. And join us at one of our live monthly shows, which take place every second Tuesday of the month at Tiger Tiger Tavern in San Diego, California, and every third Wednesday of the month at Bumport Theater in Denver, Colorado. Both shows start at 8 p.m. and are always free to attend. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter, and for past episodes, photos from our live shows, and a list of our upcoming events and themes, please visit thenarrators.org. Thanks for listening.